This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and 5X. Try it. What's the best that can happen? Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Good morning, Canada. Welcome inside Golf Talk Canada. Scully and Weeks here this morning. Zacchino on the road again. He'll be covering the WWT Championship this week for PGA Tour Radio on location, uh, too. And then Mark's actually not back on Canadian soil for a while. So uh, Mark will be joining us throughout our, our winter, our early winter schedule, I should say, uh, via remote. But Bob, good morning. How are you, my friend? I'm doing very well, very well, although it's, uh, as we were just discussing before we went on air, it looks like in the Toronto area, might be kind of done for the golf season here, unless you're very hardy, and I know there are some people there, I checked the tee sheet at my club this morning, and there were a few people listed there, so, uh, but yeah, I think uh, unless you're willing to kind of get out there and slop it around in the mud and the cold, I think it's pretty much done here. Well, I did see, though, that because we had some really really good temperatures late last week into the weekend, not so much on Sunday. You got some fall golfing, didn't you, Bob? I did. I played Friday and Saturday, and uh, I won't say I played great golf, but I had fun, and it was actually pretty nice. And uh, I will give a shout-out to my folk, my friends at Adidas for the nice warm-weather gear that they gave us earlier this year. That came very much into play and uh, kept me comfy on the course. So, um, I mean, Friday was, was gorgeous, really, and then uh, Saturday a little bit cooler and a little bit windier, but um, all good. No, uh, no complaints. I saw you swinging from the tips as well on the golf course. I did. I did, and I had a rather adventurous, perhaps final round on Canadian soil with five birdies, five bogeys, and eight pars for a smooth 72 for me, so good little <laughs> ding-ding for the handicap to end that one. And I, I have to commend you as well because I didn't know, uh, Bob, that you were a part-time male model after that Instagram post you put out there. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, I can sashay up the runway with the best of them, so... <laughs> A uh, busy show today here. Uh, again, uh, just an hour uh, for us now that we're in our uh, quiet time uh, of the schedule. We're going to go one-on-one with Cabot Cape Breton Director of Golf, Ted Stonehouse. Now, Bob and I were at Cabot a couple weeks ago with our friends from Adidas, where Bob was wearing, as you saw on his great Instagram, all that new apparel. So we'll learn all about Cabot Cape Breton how it's become so successful, and what possibly could be coming next in terms of this unbelievable property. You must get there if you haven't yet. Uh, we'll have a full preview this week on the PGA Tour. It is back. couple of notables in the field. Michael Block back playing on the PGA Tour. We'll discuss Michael Block and his chances to maybe make the cut. We'll have winners, weird, and what. But lots going on in the world of golf. Let's start things off with some news and some headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one. All right, starting things off with the LPGA Tour and Brooke Henderson starting to play some great golf. She took that time off, got to see a lot of different parts of Canada, got to tee it up with you, Mr. Weeks, too, which is probably the highlight of her year for sure. But she continues playing some really solid golf, the T6 at the May Bank Championship. What do you make of Brooke Henderson's performance, Bob? Yeah, it's uh, kind of going back to vintage Brooke. I mean, she only made three bogeys the entire week, uh, bogey free on her last round with her beautiful 66. 
And the one stat that, uh, that kind of jumps out was her great um, greens and reg, which has been an area where she's been struggling a little bit. Uh, 14 of, in the first round, all 18 in the second round, 12 in the third round, but that was a windy day, and then 14 again on the last day. And she did make a switch with her iron. She's put a new set of different tailor-made clubs into the, into the bag, which seems to be uh, agreeing with her so far if those uh, stats that I just read out are any indication. Yeah, totally. It's great to see Brooke uh, being a little more consistent, and she's now under par in nine consecutive rounds on the LPGA Tour this past uh, four uh, this week, the all four rounds the week before, and her final round uh, in her previous start as well. But three weeks left in the LPGA season. Doesn't appear that Brooke Henderson is playing this week in Japan, but two more official tournaments for Brooke Henderson to, to really make some noise, Bob, on what has been a successful season because she won, but a puzzling season because since that win, there's just those two top tens. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little bit confusing. I mean, having talked to her when I was playing out at Cabot with her for, for nine holes, you know, she wasn't uh, too worried about it. I think she was, there was a hint of frustration when you kind of talked about it, you know, is that she'd like to be obviously a little bit better and she'd like to kind of get things moving more in the right direction or the traditional direction, shall we say. But, but you're right, you know, if you put this, uh, this year beside anyone else's name, almost anyone else's name on the LPGA Tour, they would say, yeah, this is a great success, but we've just come to expect so much from Brooke, and we've kind of beaten this theme <laughs> to, to death a lot of times about how good a year it actually is, but uh, just that the standards that Brooke has set for herself are very high. Uh, but I think, uh, I think even if she has middle-of-the-pack middle finishes in those next two events, that she'll still be satisfied with the season as a whole, uh, but she'll certainly want to tidy up a few things. And maybe maybe this new iron uh, that, that she's put in the bag will will make the difference for her. And you wonder, too, if she hadn't won her season opening start and perhaps that win came in June or July, how different we would be speaking about Brooke Henderson's season. But still a couple of weeks left. Uh, we'll have a full uh, preview of Brooke's next start uh, on TSN 1050 uh, coming up next week. But lots of news going on in the world of golf uh, throughout the week. Uh, starting with the International President's Cup team, who they've announced how they're going to, the criteria in which they are going to make their team in terms of six captain's picks and six automatic qualifiers. And you spoke to Mike Weir, Bob, in Montreal about five, six weeks ago now or so, where uh, you set the over-under at two and a half Canadian. So do you think that <laughs> this, the additional captain's picks could maybe help our boys uh, in the red and white? Yeah, you know, I think Mike, like uh, his predecessor, Trevor Immelman, is going to go a lot with uh, the analytics and what that says. I mean, we got a surprise from that last time when Taylor Pendrith was added because they just thought that his game was well suited to, uh, to the golf course. And I think a lot of it will determine on that and how they're playing. But I, I can tell you, every one of the Canadians that I've talked to in the recent weeks, they're all just keyed up to try and make this team. I mean, this is a big event. This is a home game that you don't get very often at this level. You get the Canadian Open, but this is, uh, this is a different kind of event and a different kind of, of level of competition. Now, Mike did say, you know, this is the first time, first of all, that the international team has used six picks, captain's picks. Last time that was four, and uh, that's been sort of the steady rate for the last few. If you go way back, it was only two picks. Both teams only had two picks. The U.S. used six picks last time. So I think Mike said to me, he said, you know, I think, in all likelihood, the guys who finish seventh and eighth on the points list are going to get on the team anyway. But it does free him up for what he said was to bring in um, 
matchups. So if he if he wants two players, he can take two guys that you know he wants. He, yes, number eight is a great player, but he can take another player to match up with him. So I think that uh, that he's really trying to find out who's going to play well together, whose games work well together, and uh, and we'll see if these picks uh, allow him to kind of get exactly the team that he wants. And so far, so good for the international side. You think of guys like Tom Kim, who uh, who was a breakout star at that President's Cup two years ago, got that win a couple weeks ago. Lots of other international stars playing some good golf. I really am looking forward to the President's Cup. And I know, Bob, as well, that the build-out, has it already begun at Royal Montreal? It has. It started, actually, believe it or not, in September. It's it's a massive build out. It's uh, it's bigger than what we've seen from the Canadian Open the last couple of years, and we know that that's very big. Uh, the interesting thing is that you're going to see, as opposed to most golf tournaments, all the wrapping, so the the plastic that goes around the stands, so you don't see the bottom of it, the unwieldy stuff, is all going to be black, and it's going to be themed in terms of the international teams' logos and colors. So I think that's going to have a, a very different look, but it'll be one that's uh, hopefully gives a little bit, if any possible, advantage. To the, to the international team. Well, it's less than a year away, and I know we're going to have tons of coverage across all TSN platforms for uh, the President's Cup. Can't wait uh, for that. Now, uh, we're not quite in the quote-unquote silly season, as we called it before, in terms of scram- different scrambles being played, different team events being played, but a fun event coming up in early December, the Grant Thornton Invitational, which is a mixed event between PGA Tour players and LPGA Tour players. And that uh, team event list has been finalized. And we have a couple of cool uh, t- duos for Team Canada, starting with Corey Connors and Brooke Henderson and Nick Taylor, as well as major champion Ronin Yin. How excited are you for this event, Bob? It's fun. You know, I, I uh, am old enough that I covered... The last time that there was an international team event, it was uh, Mike Weir and Lori Kane were a duo, believe it or not. That was the J.C. Penny, which was in Florida as well. And I think this is something that is welcome, is um, possibly some sort of an indicator of what we may see down the road in future years at the Olympics, if they ever get their uh, acts together and realize that something like this would be a lot of fun. Uh, so I think, uh, I think that there's just... Uh, there's a good feeling about this is I guess, I guess what you want to say. It's, it's, um, I, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be great for both sides, not just the women, you know, that everyone's saying, Oh, well, the women finally get to play with the men. Yeah. Well, you know what? The men get to play with the women. And I actually asked, uh, Brooke about playing with Corey Connors. And she said, she doesn't think she's could ever remember actually playing with him, but she does say that they, um, there were some team Canada camps where they were both at the same time. And she did pass and, in a little bit at the Olympics, but uh, overall, it's going to be sort of a new thing for the two of them. But I think they're, I think they're both, and having talked to them both, they're both really looking forward to it. So should be a fun, uh, should be a fun event. Yeah, so that's the connection between Connors and Brooke Henderson, but the connection between Nick Taylor and Ronan Yin, who won the KPMG Women's PGA Championship back in June, uh, do they share a putting coach? Is that right, Bob? Um, I don't know about that, but I do know that they, they, it's possible, but I do know that, uh, Nick's former caddy is caddying for Ronin Yin. So there, there is. is a connection there and they very well could share a, a putting coach. I'll look that up as we're in, going into our next break, but that would be a very good possibility. Cause I know that, that Nick works with Gareth Rafluski, who does a lot of work on the LPGA tour. Okay. Well, we'll take a look at that, but I'm looking forward to this event, uh, December 8th 
to 10. That is going to be a, a lot of fun. Uh, another really cool news story as well, according to all reports, Annika Stormstam, now a member at Augusta National. Bob, how cool is this for one of the greats in golf history? That's great, and uh, hopefully we can hit her up to get a tee time. Make her take us as a guest. We'll see what happens. But <laughs> no, listen. The uh, they're, they're very private about what they do at uh, at Augusta, Augusta National in terms of membership. Um, but I think this is kind of a cool addition, a worthy addition, a great addition. And they've got you know a number of high profile women who are already members, including the former Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice in the U.S. And there's a few others, but I notice, you know, you know, over the years that Jack Nicklaus was made a member, that Arnold Palmer was made a member. And now I think it's fitting that perhaps the greatest woman golfer of all time is also there as a member. And uh, we'll be interested to see if she's uh, around there with her green jacket come uh, come April. Yeah, certainly looking forward to that. And I, I believe I've seen her a couple times, the drive chip and putt maybe lingering around there. But if not, for sure, she'll be yep. there uh, around that, that ceremonial first tee. Now, before we go to break, sticking with Augusta and the Masters, all signs point towards them not changing their qualifying process for players on live. This isn't really much of a surprise, is it, Bob? Not really. No, I think Augusta National has always been set in their ways. They do what they want to do. They're never really swayed. I mean, you can think back with, with just when they were there was protests about having no women members. Remember those times back in the uh, not that long ago. Now, of course, they do, as we just pointed out with Annika. And so they're not going to be told what to do. So the more that the live people push for something like this, the less chance that it's actually going to happen. And I don't see them altering it. They've got sort of a tradition of how players qualify for their event. And, uh, and I think they'll stick with that pretty closely. All right, well, when we come back here on GTC, we're going to take a deep dive into one of the greatest properties in the world. It is Cabot Cape Breton. We're going to chat with their director of golf, Ted Stonehouse, when we come back right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and 5X. Try it. What's the best that can happen? This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Well, if you haven't been to Cabot before, you got to make your way there. Two of the top golf courses, not only in Canada, but two of the top golf courses in the world, the Lynx and the Cliffs. Now, Bob, we were there uh, just under a month ago. How many times now do you think you've been to Cabot? Oof. Well, since, uh, since it opened, I was actually there the year before it opened in the fall. And then I've been there every year except for 2020 and COVID. So whatever that works out to probably. And I've been there a couple, a couple of years I went to. I don't know, maybe 15, 20 times oh, wow. somewhere in that neighborhood. Oh, yeah. okay. It's that many. Wow. Something now, like that. Have you, ever had, have you ever had weather we had when we were there playing Cabot 24 <laughs> and, and sunny pretty much both days? I've had uh, I've had some good luck with the weather in certain times. I've been there in the summer as well, but you know after you left it got pretty nasty. We got the end. I stayed on for the RBC scramble, and I got the end of a of a tor of a hurricane that came through. So that's the one thing about about uh, playing at Cabot. You can go from 
sunshine and 20 to uh, howling winds and five degrees in a, in a heartbeat. So it's uh, it's you got to be ready for pretty much everything. But that's part of the experience. That's the fun of it. Well, we had an amazing time there, and I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to think about it because we're going to play this interview momentarily with Ted Stonehouse, their director of golf. But if you had 10 rounds, Bob, on the Cabot property, how many would you play at the links? How many would you play at the cliffs? Don't don't answer that right now. We're going to play this interview first when we come back. Oh, no. Do, do you want to – are you ready? You no, 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 no. I'm just teasing. I'm teasing. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, okay. wait. So – Okay, and I will give my answer too. But here is Cabot's director of golf, Ted Stonehouse. All right, Ted, great to be here at Cabot. Uh, for those who aren't aware, how long have you been here at Cabot? Uh, this is my eighth year, so it's gone uh, gone quick. Ever since we were just about to open Cabot uh, Cliffs in 2016, I came in that fall 2015. Okay, so the last time I was here was in 2016, right when the cliffs opened. And for those who haven't been on property before. Uh, they've seen the Instagram shots, they've seen the, the jaw-dropping uh, sights and scenes that is Cabot. Uh, how would you best describe Cabot as a, as a whole? Uh, Cabot Cliffs, uh, I would say, is, you know, it's that beautified, it is, you know, uh, a type of golf course that you're gonna play and the views are wildly dramatic. Yeah. It's got a lot of elevation change. It's a big, big golf course. You're going to play dunes, and you're going to play up on the cliffs, and it's uh, it's really remarkable. The link side would be much more what I would classify as true traditional links, Scottish link style golf. Mm. Both courses <clears throat> are all fescue uh, greens, tees, uh, tees, and fairways. Uh, so you're getting that firm rolling out. You got to bounce it short of the green type of play. The link side will just play a little more true traditional, uh, feel a little bit more Scottish and Irish. It'll have that little bit more rustic feather and, and, and fescue and, uh, sorry, feather reed and all that good mm -hmm. stuff. The mirror will see a little bit more president at, over at the cliff side in the dunes hole. So right. it's, uh, it's pretty incredible. Well, that I found standing on the first tee at Cabot Links, I felt Royal County down. Yes. And I, I've been there twice before. I'm not sure if you've been, but it's it it feels like it's crazy that we're in Canada because it's seriously it's like we're in Ireland or Scotland right now. Yeah, it's uh, and that's what we really feel is the the link side and and the better players will tend to gravitate to Cabot Links right. just because of the shot value. You keep that ball low. You got to run it into the greens. Uh, it's just the, the wind, wind swept uh, the property, and uh, it is very, very true traditional Scottish links for sure. Now, both Cabot Links and Cabot Cliffs, it's risen up the, the world rankings mm. in an absolutely meteoric <laughs> state. What's that like for you managing that? Because when people come to Cabot, their expectations are, are through the roof. Uh, you know, we're pretty well blessed that we've had two incredible architects, Rod Whitman and Cora Crenshaw. Mm -hmm. the, those firms have done a magical job with Ben Cowandour picking these great properties to build these, these magical places yeah. on. Uh, and then we're just really in the wake of what they've created and just trying to create great service, make people feel at home, welcome. Uh, and yet have a great, great Scottish experience in, in true sense. Right. So, I mean, it's, you've, you've risen up the rankings so quickly. How do you keep trying to improve and, and make this place even more special? Uh, that's, that's a real good question. What we find is that, uh, you know, Ben has always instilled in all of us to say, make sure the guest experience and journey is what it's all about. And if that means rerouting the golf course, it means rerouting the golf course. If you can imagine Ben Cowandour uh, 
the golf course was ranked in the top 100, and he rerouted the golf course <laughs> to make it better. And and it's and he's done it three times, and every time he did it, the the rankings at Cabot Links that is uh, increased. And uh, not that we're planning to do that. Yeah, yeah. But that just gives you an example of what he'll do to make sure that the product is is where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, we're adding services. We're adding great people. Uh, Mike Johnson and mm-hmm. Kendall uh, is our, our general manager, Kendall yeah. Clancy. You know, these folks coming in are helping us to elevate the service levels, um, the experience that the guests are going to have. And, and you know, we've got lots of capital, great capital projects on the go. Uh, there's a lot of exciting things happening at Cliffs there with the new clubhouse. Once that gets rolling, we're looking to maybe do a big putting complex Ooh. and some exciting things on the practice facility too. And uh, one thing I haven't experienced but am tonight is <laughs> yes. the nest. Uh, yeah. Walk us through the decision-making on uh, a creating the nest and, and tell us what it's all about. Uh, well, the nest was designed for a number of factors. One, uh, to get people to be able to warm up and play that, that again, true Scottish links. You've hmm. got to bump and run it. You can't fly it onto those greens and anticipate that you're going to have great success. There's right. a lot of undulation. Whitman, Axlin designed that in purpose of playing that bump and run. Uh, we have it for that purpose and also for those who can't play, you know, 36, but they want to play more than just 18. They don't want to end. And it's perched up on the hill. you got beautiful views up there, and, uh, and people will take advantage of it from that perspective. And then we did the night golf for the falls. Our days get pretty short in mm-hmm. the fall, and we want to keep activities happening for those folks. So having the night golf, turning the lights on, and just up there having a blast, it's pretty jammed there every night and yeah. uh and the folks on site have a wonderful time so we run that in the fall so that's during the night and one thing i experienced staying here for the first time this morning was the view outside the hotel room outside your window you wake up and my jaw was on the floor instantly uh tell us about some of the accommodations and, and what, what they're all about because people you know come to cabinet they come they stay they play maybe they play you know for a couple of days but yeah. tell us what the hotels are all about so we have uh, yeah 72 hotel rooms mm-hmm. um, you know whether they're double or king rooms we also have our original villas which are along number mm-hmm. one at cabot links yep. the the one thing that that mr kaiser uh, mike kaiser and ben calendar have always focused on is making that golf course first right and then everything will come out afterwards and you get the golf course right and then build out so every room has a view of the golf course and water and that's that's pretty important yeah. and, and that, a bit of a staple to what we've seen Cabot do to date. Um, so the on the Lynx side, that's where the main hotel and restaurants are with the uh, lodge rooms as well as the villas. And then we've created three new sections of homes. So we have the Cliffs Residence along number 11 at Cliffs. Mm. We have the Dunes Cottages, which are down located along one and eight. Yep. And then we have the Hillside Homes, which is up above the practice facility. And all of those are wonderful if you have a, a you know, a couples coming in or if you have a, a group of guys on buddy's trip they're amazing because you have that place to gather yeah. and they're just really out of this world the way they've uh, amenitized them and uh, and the locations of them they're they're just beautiful units and before we we wrap here for you what's your favorite aspect about being here at cabot uh, besides the guys that come off the shuttles and do a sprawled eagle and kiss the 18th green <laughs> right here, uh, it, it, it is really the guests and the, mm-hmm. the guest experience and being able to watch so many people come off the golf courses with just these great big smiles, regardless of the wind and rain's coming sideways or whether it's just a glorious day like it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, they just have a, have a wonderful, wonderful time. Well, Ted, thanks so yeah. much for your time today. Can't wait to get on the links uh, in a little bit. <laughs> 
Wonderful. Well, good, good to have you here. The director of golf from Cabot, Cape Breton. Okay, Bob, you got 10 rounds. You're, you've got, <laughs> you're there on a trip of a lifetime. You're spending maybe a week there. Maybe you're playing 36 holes on a couple of the days. How many rounds are you playing at the links? How many at the cliffs out of 10 rounds? I'm going to probably play seven at links and three at cliffs. I love them both. And if you saw the latest, I think it's Golf Magazine, just put out their world ranking list, and Cliffs is rated higher than Lynx. But I'm finding, it's funny, when, when I was there, um, I did a couple of events out there, with, so I was uh, speaking to, the, uh, to an audience, and, and after they played both rounds, or both courses, I asked them when Cliff first opened, I asked, okay, who likes Cliffs and who likes Lynx? And the majority of the people loved Cliffs better than Lynx. But now, in the most recent couple of years, now that everyone's had a chance to play both and maybe a couple times, uh, I'm finding that more people like Lynx. And I think, I think Cliffs has so much more wow factor, but I think Lynx is probably, as Ted sort of said in there, sort of maybe a more of a, uh, more of a real golf course. I don't know. If you can't go wrong with either one. I don't know. What would you do? Yeah, honestly, I think I'm the same thing, not, not to be too boring, but yeah, I think seven rounds at the links and three at the cliffs for me. Uh, I've had a chance to play both of them twice the first time I was there with my family seven years ago, and we had some bizarrely, hilariously awful weather on Cabot, Cabot Links and then Cabot Cliffs. It was a beautiful day, but it was nice this time around playing both times. And at least for us, uh, the last five holes on the links, there was zero wind, which you probably rarely ever get. And it was cool being back there now that the greens are, are more developed and there's some pace to them as well, too. So I, I would think seven and three, two. I know Mark is going there on a trip next summer, I believe. So we'll get his uh, input as well but uh, loved our experience at Cabot when we come back we're going to discuss the nest at Cabot because that is a, a very fun little par three course too and we'll have winners weird and what all that and more right here Golf Talk Canada this segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Caddy Time the uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable qualified caddies to any round This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Welcome back inside GTC Scully and Weeks. Before we get to winners, weird and what, want to wrap up our conversation on Cabot. So we've discussed the links, we've discussed the cliffs, but the nest is a cool little under the lights possibility if you're there, par three course. I had my first chance to play the nest when we were there with our friends from Adidas a month ago, Bob. How many times have you now played the nest? Uh, four or five, I guess. I played it a couple times when we were out there. I played it, uh, I guess, three times actually when we, I was there last week. I played once with Gord Percy, who's the president of the PGA of Canada. We had a nice little round, but it's a fun little course. And I love uh, what one of the professionals, I won't say who, but one of the professionals said to me uh, a couple years ago, just when I was there, when it had first opened, and he said, I'd love to have just like 1% of all the money that's going to be wagered on that golf course over the next few years, because it is a fun place. You go over after dinner, you maybe put a couple of bets down. And I don't know about you, but I found it. It's not an easy course. I mean, it's it's very easy to get get in trouble off a lot of the tees and uh, you have to I'm not saying it's not fun by any means but there's some pretty severe slopes here and there and you gotta 
as Ted was saying in that last interview, you know, you got to bump and run a few shots here and there. Sometimes that's easier, but um, it's a, it's a joy to play. It really is. I found the same thing. And for all the shots there, you could, you could walk around maybe seven or six or seven of the holes with only a putter if you really want to. And, you know, you're hitting shots 80 yards, but there's these awesome slopes. There's one hole, I believe that's over water. I want to say it's the fourth or fifth hole in 140 yards or so. But we had such a fun night there. That was our wrap up to our uh, remarkable trip uh, with Adidas, the Fleece Fairways event, the second edition of the Felice Fairways event and check out or stay tuned to uh, this show and our social media channels as we have a couple interviews that we haven't played yet that Bob and I did with some of the people there from Adidas on their Felice Fairways line and as you saw Bob's Instagram account Bob's a male model part-time <laughs> and that gear I mean but in all seriousness no Bob it's it's very comfortable and it keeps you warm where this time of year in the GTA it's really a guess as to what kind of weather you're going to get if you choose to play golf. It is. It's pretty amazing. It's, um, and I don't know what, what I can say to describe it. You sort of have to wear it, but they've got just a lot of simple things that, sh that people should have thought of before. Like the pockets are all fleece lined. So you put your hands in there. That's kind of something you can do. I mean, there's just little things and the vest, I got a lot of traction out of, um, I mean, I haven't had, didn't have to put on the real heavy guard jacket, but that'll come into play just from going outside and not necessarily playing golf, but that'll be part of my winter wear. And the wind stuff as well. There's a whole different line that is just to sort of safeguard you against wind. And I couldn't believe how, um, how much it stopped the wind from getting in and chilling your body. They've got some, some uh, I don't know, materials, I guess, in this thing that really make it something else. I'm, I feel like I'm shilling for them, but it really is remarkable stuff. And the beauty of it, it's fashion meets function. You can wear it on the golf course. You can wear it out on the town. It's all, it all looks great. Okay, it is that time. It is winners, weird, and what? Of course, lots going on in the world of golf right now. This week, Bob has the tee. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball. All right, well, my first, uh, my winner this week is, uh, is, um... John Rahm, and you could make a lot of cases as to why John Rahm should be the winner. He's had a great season, uh, you know, just did played especially well at the start of the year and came back a little bit slower at the end of the year, but had a, a good uh, part to play in the Ryder Cup and did a bunch of different things. But he's going to have the uh, experience of a lifetime. He on uh, Friday, Saturday, I can't remember the actual date now. I should have that in front of me. But the Texas Rangers playing the Arizona Diamondbacks in the World Series, Game 4, John Rahm will be on the mound. How about that? He's going to pitch for the Arizona Diamondbacks. <laughs> he will be the... No, no. He's actually just going to throw out the first pitch. And there are some nervous moments in throwing out the first pitch. I don't know if you've seen the collection of them, but there are some pretty bad ones. Um, trying to think of some of the... Well, anyway, you could go online and look at some of the people who have missed it. Gary Delabate, who is uh, the sort of co-host producer of uh, Howard Stern's show, has perhaps one of the worst ones that he threw out. It didn't even, it, it almost went in the dugout rather than over the home plate, but there have been some notable ones. And I know, I know some of our, uh, our golfers here have done it. So David Hearn's done it. I know Nick Taylor the earlier this year threw out the first pitch. So there's a few, uh, there's a few guys who've had the experience of doing it. Yeah. I was on the, the sports center desk one time where we had a top 10 
uh, of bad first pitches and 50 cents. <laughs> his might have his that ball went directly sideways. And there was another one in particular. I can't remember the name, but this ball uh, hit a lower region of a camera person about 30 <laughs> oh, yeah. feet left of home plate. That is hard to do, Bob. So for John Rom, <laughs> hopefully he's he's getting ready. He's getting the, the 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 right arm ready coming out of the bullpen. Looking forward to seeing that. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right. And then uh, my weird this week takes us to uh, the San Fernando Valley. Um, this is a couple of weeks ago now. But there was a, and I, I'm doing my air quotes thing. You can't see it on radio, but the high-speed chase between a gentleman driving a golf cart and a number of police cars. Now, the golf cart, I don't know, 20, 20 kilometers an hour, 25 kilometers an hour. I'm not sure how fast it would be at top speed. But a gentleman took a golf cart from a golf course. And he is seen in the video. So they've got overhead cameras, like news cameras that following it. And they've got a couple of other people who just happen to be in the right place and put their, uh, their phones on. But there is a gentleman in the cart, no shirt on, no shoes, no socks. And he's holding a dog in his lap. And he is trying to evade the police. And he does a pretty good job. But I'm not sure why the police cars don't sort of get in front of him and try to slow him down or do something... But it's like a slow speed chase, and they finally get him into a 7-Eleven parking lot, and uh, he tries to run for it, and the police grab him, and they put him down, and uh, he apparently was yelling out some things about, uh, I don't have any problems, I don't have any mental issues, something like this. Anyway, I'm not quite sure why the golf cart was used, why that was the getaway vehicle other than it came at a golf course. But the good news is, Adam, that the dog was returned to its family, to this man's family. So the dog came through okay because it didn't do anything wrong. Well, for us, and I know we're both dog lovers and big fans of dogs, that is the most important part of the story. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. And then the, uh, what is, uh, what's going on with the agreement to make an agreement between the PIF and the PGA Tour? We know that there are negotiations and they have to be done set by this agreed deadline which is the end of this year so we're running into basically the last two months but we now know that there have been some other properties some other companies some other establishments looking at perhaps getting in on this and the deal between the PIF and the PGA Tour may not happen it may be with another company but one company that will not be doing it is a company called Endeavor now you may not have ever heard of Endeavor but basically Endeavor is the parent company of WWE uh, Mark Mark Zucchino's favorite uh, organization, the uh, UFC, uh, IMG, the big multi-sports agent. So it owns a lot of sports properties, and it had uh, sought out an interest position in the PGA Tour's new company, which will be the for-profit company that they are establishing, supposedly with the PIF. But now that has gone by the wayside. Uh, Endeavor has said, okay, we've made our offer. It's been turned down. We're not sure exactly whether it was the PIF that had a, a right to be able to turn this down or not. But Endeavor is a big, big sports company. And there are other reported sports companies in now. Fenway Sports, which owns, obviously, the uh, Boston Red Sox. They also own one of the big uh, Champions League teams, I think Liverpool. Not Liverpool, maybe Tottenham. Anyway, one of the big teams over there. So they've got some financial uh, resources as well. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens over these next two months to see which companies kind of get themselves involved in um, becoming a part of what we think is going to be the new look PGA Tour. However, Endeavor will not be one of them. 
Yeah, it's certainly bizarre seeing how this has played out since that Tuesday morning at the RBC Canadian Open. We were live on radio, live on television, where the news that flipped the golf world upside down, or so it appeared, but still nothing yet. This story is still bizarre. It's weird, and it is nowhere near completed, Bob. Nope. No, it's not. All right, Adam, the tea is yours. 348. <laughs> Oh man, that is sweet. Tell you what, Bob, some some of those wind conditions on Saturday, there were some 348 oh baby totals out there. <laughs> Anyways, getting to my winner this week. Brooks Kepka was on the Jake Paul podcast. Uh, if, uh, if if you don't mind the odd swear word here and there, I would go check it out. It's actually a pretty candid conversation between Brooks Kepka and Jake Paul. Both have had remarkably successful careers but Brooks Kepka was asked about why he went to live golf and as always Brooks Kepka as honest as can be I'm gonna be honest with you I, I signed for the dough I'm I'm 100 behind that I don't know tomorrow I can go get in a car accident and never play golf again but my family's taken care of and that was a big thing for me like not doing it for anything else everybody else they go to their nine to five. Most of them don't like their nine to five, but they're doing it because they get the paycheck. And then it's the same thing as us. I mean, we like I really I enjoy playing golf. I enjoy I enjoy winning, boxing. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, hundred percent. Right? But also the training behind it's still some of the most fun I've had. Yeah. None of this grow the game nonsense. He did it for the dough. And Bob, love him or hate him, Brooks Kepka is going to tell you the truth. Uh, he is. I've had chances to interview him a number of times, and he is straightforward shooter. Uh, and I think uh, more and more players are now sort of admitting, yeah, this is why I went. Harold Varner, I think, was really the only one that I remember who signed and said, this is why I did it. It's for the money. But now the more and more of them are sort of towing the line and say, yeah, this is it. Well, someone else who also went to live golf and originally said that it was for growing the game and for opportunities on social media and maybe some other opportunities was one Bryson DeChambeau. And that is where I'm going with my weird this week because he is headlining a group that is set to be a competitor for Top Golf. And this is called Under Par Life. This is a 99 year lease to open its first venue in Westworth Village, a suburb of Fort Worth, a, a city-owned Hawks Creek golf course. Two-story, 16,000-square-foot venue, 42 hitting bays, three bars, kitchen, 500-yard <laughs> driving range. This is expected to open sometime in mid-2025. Bob, have you had experiences at Top Golf? Uh, I have had a couple of experiences at Top Golf. It's a cool place. It's a fun place. There is a real direct correlation, too, from studies that they've done about people who are not necessarily golfers who go to Top Golf, experience Top Golf, and then eventually make the transition to playing golf. So it's also a feeder system. But, you know, we've got, uh, we've got a few different versions of Top We've got Top Golf. I think there's, uh, camera, there's another brand that's got something like that. There's Tiger Woods has got his Pop Golf kind of thing, a little golf, you know, mini putt. Or I guess that's not a great classification of it. But there's a number of these different things coming in where you don't have to commit to playing four hours of golf you can go out there have fun with your buddies and uh and maybe have a cocktail or two and uh this is seems to be joining the crowd 
And I'm really curious about this and that most top golf locations I've been to two, the range is sort of top out at 230 yards, but this 500 yard driving range, we know Bryson, he wants to hit bombs out there. So I, I'm really more just out of curiosity to see where this goes from here and curiosity. That's also a theme because my, what this week, Lucas Glover was on a podcast and he heard that the Ryder cup team USA, that their room their dressing room, I should say, was quote-unquote splintered as there were issues uh, all in to do with pay-for-play or players getting paid for the U.S. on the Ryder Cup side. So what's the real story here? We don't really know, Bob. This is a story that we're going to continue trying to dive deeper and deeper into, but there's still just a lot of uncertainty as to what was actually going on in that U.S. team room. Seems that uh, the team that loses always has this kind of uh, stuff that fi files out afterward. Well, not so much. More of the Americans, when they lose, they get this kind of stuff. And when they win, you know, it's the, their uh, kumbaya holding arms and sitting around together. But you're right. There was, there was all sorts of rumors about this happening and things going on in the room. Patrick Cantley and Xander Shoffley. But I don't think we'll ever know the actual truth. But it's fun to, it's fun to speculate. Hats off to the Europeans. They played a lot of great golf that week. Sorry, that was just on a pedestal there for me. Okay, anyway, another fun edition of Winners Weird and What. When we come back here on GTC, we'll have leaderboard updates around the world of golf. And the PGA Tour is back this week. A couple Canadians in the field as well as the block party. We'll have that and much more when we come back right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Wrapping up this week's edition of GTC with some leaderboard updates. Leaderboard updates are brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one range finder in the world of golf. Check out BushnellGolf.com for much more information. LPGA May Bank Championship. Celine Boudier, what a year she has had. She wins in a playoff. Rounds of 70, 64, 69, 64 to win in a playoff. As for Brooke Henderson, her third top 10 of the season. A T6, rounds of 69, 67, 69, and a sparkling bogey-free 6-under 66 on Sunday to uh, finish T6. Not not only did Saloon Boudier win in a playoff, but a nine-hole playoff. I mean, that was a that was a lengthy one. They went for another uh, another two hours of playing before they finally settled it. Right, nine-hole playoff. That is uh, what we call a marathon, Bob. So a, a good win there for Celine Boutier, uh, winning over a Tia Titi call. Uh, nine-hole playoff. What a win that was. Good for Brooke Henderson as well, a T6. Now, PGA Tour was off last week. It is back this week with the WWT Championship. If I'm seeing this correctly, Bob, looks like four Canadians in the field with Svensson, Gligic, Hughes, and Pendrith. And this is a big week, not only because there are only three weeks left in the PGA Tour calendar in this FedEx fall portion, if you will, of the schedule, but lots on the line for all four of these Canadians for all four different reasons too. They've got uh, they've got a bunch of uh, movements that they've all got to kind of make and and you know uh, for instance Mac Hughes is trying to stay inside that top sixty 
and that gets him into the first two signature events of the year. Uh, Michael Gligic is trying to keep himself in the top 200 to try and keep himself with a, uh, some sort of playing privileges and getting into the Q series. And I mean, it's, uh, it's a convoluted but a very interesting process down the line for all four of these guys, as you said. It certainly is, and we'll have our TSN Edge picks. Those will come out Wednesday morning for this week's tournament. And you're looking for the three, Pete, Bob. You're looking to pick yeah. winners for three straight weeks. I, I mean, I feel like we should meet off-air at some point. Maybe I can pick <laughs> your brain about what makes what makes you so successful because you've got two wins in the FedEx fall. Mark has one, and I'm stuck at Zilch right now. <laughs> I don't know how... It all worked out, but uh, thank goodness my guys are performing. You know, it's the hardest sport to pick a winner, and you get it's like someone said to me, it's like a horse race with 144 horses in it. So uh, it's it's there is definitely a little bit of luck involved. I will I will admit to that. Well, I'm not sure if you're thinking about Michael Block for this week, but 250 to one right now on FanDuel, his odds to win outright. We don't have make or miss cut odds up right now but you got a, a chance to to spend some time with michael block uh, th this is more of just a i guess like a pr thing to, to have him out here and you know give him a chance well this is no different than uh than lexi thompson playing at the shriners you know this is this is someone who's going to bring some eyeballs to this tournament somebody have some fun and listen when we when mark and i uh, met with him doing that uh that event for michelob it was more a case of michael block saying look i know this is going to end at some point but why not ride it out why not play these events if they're going to invite me they're going to uh, I'm going to make some money he's going to Australia to play a couple of yeah. events down there after this so uh, listen all power to him I, I don't have any uh, if, if anyone is if you want to blame someone then blame the tournaments that are inviting him don't blame Michael Block someone says hey I'm going to pay you X amount to come and play here I'm going to do it exactly well we'll have our TSN Edge picks coming out Wednesday morning that's it for us today on gtc bob thanks for a fun show today always Thank fun you. as usual stay tuned for us later this week on sports center as well next week too where we'll preview what's to come in the world of golf thanks so much for joining us this morning and remember the first good decision for the golf course always starts in the closet this segment of gtc presented by taylor made was brought to you by play golf myrtle beach the golf capital of the world Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.